Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And much like the game we're going to be talking about today, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, we have begun the loop once again. We are starting <laughs> back at the top because we had a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a snafu uh, our first go-round. But uh, we're back and we're good and we are talking about Remembrance up to 71%. Uh, and individually, that means we're doing uh, Yuki Takamiya to 85%, Jiro Karabe up to 77%, uh, Tomi Kisaragi up to 75%, uh, Ryoko Shinonome up to 87%, and for the first time, we're bringing somebody to 100%. We are uh, finishing up mm-hmm. Nenji Ogata's uh, story all the way to 100%, uh, which means we also did the first five battles of Area 2. Yes. Um, so a lot of ground to cover yes, today. Yes, but uh, Kim, hey, how how are you doing? How's it going? I'm good. Uh, I <laughs> want to apologize for the snafu, which was my fault because uh, oh, I said okay. that we should play uh, up to Tomi uh, 62%, and then I played up to Tomi 75%. Yeah, yeah. Kim Kim did some real work this week, basically planning out fully and like comprehensively the rest of the season, uh, like who we are playing up to what percentage every week. So we will be we have this episode, and then then three more weeks. And we will have 100% remembrance, assumedly also 100% destruction, and I guess also 100% analysis. I don't know, though, because right now I'm at 24% analysis, I think. But yeah. I have, like, 20 mystery points or something, so yeah. um, I guess it's, you know. I don't under... You have, I think, way more mystery points than me, which means you're probably doing the game better. But, um... <laughs> specifically destruction i'm terrible at have you been getting s's on all your destructions i mean yes have you been doing the the alternative goals as well the bonus goals? yeah but i'm also playing on easy mode so i don't know if that changes it or what i don't know because i did a couple of battles on easy mode I guess we'll see. So uh, we're going to do something fun today where um, together we are going to decide how to spend those mystery points that we have. Yeah. And uh, coordinate what files we (laughs) unlock. So even if we don't get to 100 percent analysis in our individual games, I have a feeling we'll have everything unlocked by then. Yes. um, Between the two of us. Yeah. So uh, a a big one. Yeah. A big one ahead of us today. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I have been like a little lukewarm on the game. And then this week mm. I like fell in love with it again. Like nice. the parts we played this week were so good. The things that we learned were so good. Yeah. I think it's there was like a little bit of like a doldrums uh, in the middle there. Uh, yes. Yeah. We were a I think playing a, a few characters that we found less interesting. Yes. <laughs> Because we had uh, already gone through the parts that we could of the characters that we thought were more interesting. Yeah. And B, I also just got like too deep in the weeds, I think. But well, also, um, I I think also part of it is that the show is not even a year old yet. And we're still kind of and we change mm -hmm. it up so much that it's hard to keep like a consistent way that we produce the show. And we just tried to carry over our like three houses and Mass Effect experience into Mm -hmm. this game, which did not not work. work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like every every season we're relearning how to do the show and it takes a 
open yeah. for us to get there. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to iron that out before we start next season. And and well, the, luckily the next season, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, should be. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. We want to say it. We could say. Oh it. yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a uh, that much of a mystery. This one, no. we're going back to Mass Effect. Um, we're going to do Mass Effect two. I'm so excited. I'm also very excited. You know, I could keep I could keep talking about it, but we. Like I, I know. Said, we, yeah, we should. We, got we should. A, we got a big one today. Yeah. So I think uh, Kim. Yes. What's your bullshit this week? Yes, um, I'm excited for this bullshit. I can't believe I haven't thought of this one before. Today, we're going to talk about what I think the 13 Sentinels smell like. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay. I have already I have already made a list in my head, Um, but please. Okay, so um, I have divided these into categories. The first category uh, is people who wear a fragrance who intentionally okay, yeah. wake up and like put on a cologne or a perfume or something in the interest of smelling good. Yeah. So uh, the people in that category, Iori Fuyasaka, I think she definitely wears something that's like sweet and fruity mm-hmm. and nice. I, I She might like put it on a little strong if mm. I had to guess, but it's a nice smell. Yeah. Um, Megami like Sweet pea. Sorry. Yeah, something, no, some, go ahead. Some, go ahead. Something please. like Sweet Pea from uh, Bath and Body Works. Um, yeah, I was. That's like a very classic high school. For Rudy. Yeah. Like yeah. V- very high school, I think. Yes. Is, like very young. On the other end of the spectrum, we have Megami, who I think wears a floral scent that is very nice, but very like grandma. Yes, extremely. This is not to like knock floral scents. I actually love like rose scents, which are mm-hmm. like the grandmaest smell you could possibly do. So I'm not, ins- this is not meant to be an insult, but it is like an interesting choice for a high schooler. Right. For a kid. Yeah. 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 No notes. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. No. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Old smell for a young lady. <laughs> yeah. Next up we have shoe and this boy smells like a Hollister. Yeah, dude, just slathers. He basically mm-hmm. bathes in Axe. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like Axe body spray or like the <sighs> Hollister or Abercrombie smells. Any one of those I could see God. applying to shoe. You're giving me, I'm having just awful flashbacks of I know. the, the I gym know. locker room in high school. Just like after Oof. gym. It, no, Nobody's using deodorant. Everybody's just like... <laughs> I just like, remember any time I walked past the boys' locker room and the door happened to open, it, it would like the smell would like waft out, which yeah, I guess it, it could be worse. But like, my yeah, God, it was bad. Yeah. Next up, we have Tomi. Speaking of back and body works, mm-hmm. she's got like a vanilla or like a birthday cake. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, again, not bad, but you do have to wonder why a human would want to smell like a Cold Stone Creamery. I mean, I think you've answered the question in the <laughs> sentence. I think that is that is the answer. Yeah. I think also, I don't know any like influencer scent brands, but I'm sure that Tomi is stocked up on like free scents oh, yeah. from brands to do like deals with, you know, for mm-hmm. her for her channel or whatever. That's yeah, um, that's a good point. I'm sure yeah. she does like the all of the trendy ones, like the one that smells like rain and shit like yeah, that. Like a yeah. sour patch kid or something. Like she'll wear that once yeah, and then like one that smells like the beach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. She probably does always smell different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think I think you're right. Her preference is like some sort of like subtle, sweet Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) flavor, flavorful one. Yeah. Like food based, like baking, baked goods. (laughs) The last person and I have in this category, um, I hate to admit it, but it's Goto. I think Goto yeah. probably smells pretty good. I think he yeah. probably puts on a little bit of cologne in the morning. It's probably some kind of like kind of spicy musk. Definitely. Yes. Oh, my God. And I think also 
like just throughout the day he drinks coffee and i think it's i think he smells a little bit like coffee i think he's one of those mm. people at, at like certain times of day i also think and i don't know why but i just feel like sometimes goto has a little bit of body odor interesting yeah i was, I was 100 percent with you that kind of threw me for a yeah. loop there i just feel like sometimes if he's been like working for a while and yeah. like has lost track of time and is like you know like not not paying attention to the the you know personal care for yeah for he, and he is very intense about stuff so i could mm -hmm. see him starting to sweat over something like sitting at a computer right. just because everything is tensed right the whole time yeah yeah okay okay i'll fully give that to you but I, i'm a hundred percent with you in the beginning with the he, he puts on like the perfect i think mm -hmm. goto might actually smell the best because he's yeah. like wears an appropriate amount of cologne mm -hmm. and like maybe we'll reapply in the middle of the day. But just like one spray on the wrist, you know, rub the wrist together, rub it behind your ears on your neck. Yeah, he's he's perfected the art of like wearing enough that you can smell it and it's nice, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's what we said about him before. He's gone online and done research about the exact perfect <laughs> way to wear. Yes. Cologne. Yeah. And he spent like hours mm -hmm. at a very high end perfume counter picking it out <laughs> to the point where the people there are like sick of him yeah. pull pulling out like the, the the sample cards and spraying it and then shaking it around and just like taking one <laughs> one sniff and then moving back to the mm -hmm. other <laughs> and he lines up all of the things on the counter yes, perfectly based on whatever parameters of like mm -hmm. scent and like you know fruity versus floral yeah. versus whatever <laughs> but i do think once he found the one he sticks with it and it does not change. He does not experiment ever. No, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. He's like, I yeah. have found the perfect scent. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. And I don't want to get too in the weeds because I know we still have I, yeah, there's <laughs> another category. But like, I think at least one time Shu has switched out the actual like cologne within the <laughs> bottle with like something totally different. Mm -hmm. And Goto was like <laughs> irate the whole mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Love this. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the first category. Yes. Category number two, I'm referring to as incidental fragrance. And I think that the meaning will become clear as we go. Mm. Uh, first up, we have Miura, who I think just smells like Dove soap. This is not a scent that he's intentionally putting on his body, but I think he he is good about showering and he yeah, he's uses clean. like a nice just like a basic soap. And so he often he just smells like soap and it's nice. Yes. 100%. Similarly, I think Ogata smells like whatever hair product he has in the pompadour to keep it poofed Yes. Up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whatever like Old Spice pomade he's using or mm -hmm. whatever and the hairspray. Yeah. In the morning, he smells like like a salon or a barber shop. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that I think that scent probably fades later in the day. But in the morning, yeah. it is strong. I will also say that if he's carrying his little briefcase, it probably smells like leather because he's if he's a little rich boy, that briefcase <laughs> is probably like fine leather and True. probably has a nice leather smell to it. True. Um, next up, we have not snow. Listen, let's just be honest. Natsunia is constantly running out of track practice without yeah. changing. So we know she's not showering. Yeah. Um, there is absolutely a sweaty smell on Natsunia and you can't tell me otherwise. That being said, I think she probably uses a lot of deodorant. So it's at any given time, there is like a spectrum of not snow smell that is like on one end, it's just like sweaty. And on the other end, it is strong deodorant smell. And she's yeah. just always somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's unfortunate to, to realize, but it's it is it's inescapable. I mean, it's, it's, when you have a it's uh, not a problematic fave. But you have a stinky fave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sense. Yeah, that's uh, a rough thing to learn. No, I, it's nothing. There's nothing there. It's like symptomatic. That's nothing. I don't. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> and finally, the last person in this category is A. Seki Gahara, and this was a hard one because, on the one hand, I know that A. can't possibly have a ton of time to like do his laundry, but on the other hand. I think he likes being put together. He always looks very clean cut. He doesn't look like rumpled or disheveled in spite of the fact that he's like constantly time jumping and trying to like do whatever the fuck it is he's trying to do. Yeah. So I feel like somehow A is finding the time to go to the laundromat regularly enough to keep his clothes looking and smelling nice. And I think he smells like detergent. Hmm. I agree that he does not smell, but I think... It's by virtue of future clothes. <laughs> like it's like it's like moisture wicking and antibacterial material mm-hmm. or something, you know, mm-hmm. like it's got copper inlaid in all of it so that, you know, there's no bacteria buildup. I like um, that, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I think that's in the all future. I nobody is, needs to clean their clothes. Nobody needs to, nobody needs to clean their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Uh, because, yeah, because they don't sell a lot of clothes because of the mm-hmm. environment, you know. <laughs> also, yeah. I love how we've just decided that A is like the most futuristic boy, even though like presumably a lot of other characters are from the fu- quote the future. Yeah. Uh, if not further in the future than he is. Yeah, but he's like actively <laughs> from the future, like wearing his future outfit. Like Goto yeah. and stuff is just like wearing the correct trying to blend outfit in, yeah. to fit in. Yeah, that's um, fair. And there's no way Morimura's cat suit doesn't just like reek (laughs) (laughs) right like yeah i think you're probably right it's like there is sort of a leather smell to it but it's also like you are she's she's sweating like bullets under there yeah Yeah. god gross yeah uh nurse morimura probably smells nice though she probably smells nice yeah Yeah. she probably smells like uh, um like isopropyl alcohol (laughs) yeah that brings us to uh that's a nice segue into the third category which i am calling environmental fragrance which is when you just pick up a smell from your environment so yeah. for example hijiyama i think he smells a little musty because he lives in a factory yeah but i think mm. there are notes of yakisoba pond yeah okay yeah like it gets on his shirt and yeah. like he's you can't tell me that he's not staining his clothing all the time and mm-hmm. like the smell just gets in there you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yuki unfortunately i don't think yuki has time for fragrances uh and i say unfortunately because like if she did i think she'd have very good taste Mm. so i think that there is a lingering cigarette smell on her clothing even though she is trying to quit i you know i think it might just be like yes it's in there and maybe at times a bit of hasty on her breath Mm -hmm. i think i think yuki tried one scent one time that she really liked that was Mm. like super similar to one that megumi uses I think maybe Megumi passed her in the hallway one day and she was like, ooh, I love that because you have to remember, Yuki Takamiya is a mom. <laughs> she is a mom. That's right. I didn't think about that. So I think for some reason she's like really drawn to like those like really, really floral scents, but yeah. we'll never ever but actually I, wear one. I see her also wearing something a little bit spicy if she were to pick out. Sure. Yeah. Next up, we have Ryoko. And uh, similar to what you said about Morimura, Ryoko just smells like a doctor's office because she's always sleeping in the nurse's office. 100%. Yeah. yeah yeah and and we never those those wraps never look dirty so she's like constantly getting them changed mm-hmm. she's clean you know yeah, yeah. okay uh, finally in a category of his own we have the last person and that's joe karabe and he just has no smell and 
you you you're around him and you're like do i have covid because this person does not smell like anything and then you realize no he just simply has no flavor of any kind simply does not <laughs> smell or have any taste or anything he's just he's, he's, just, he's basically air he is boy. he is air wow i yeah. love that yeah no that's so, really yeah, good those are that's um, what i think the 13 cents will smell like <laughs> yeah that's perfect i i i love it i i <laughs> I love how we can spend so much fucking time <laughs> talking about what these fictional students smell like. It's very good. Um, but, I, but I'll tell you what, though, we're right. Like we're, we are right. Yeah. I mean, find find proof elsewhere. I dare mm-hmm. you. Nobody else is talking about this. Nobody you know, else thing. is having these conversations. Right. We are the podcast brave enough <laughs> to <laughs> to have these important discussions. Anyway, should we move on? <laughs> Yes, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move into our first uh, round of chapters today uh, with Yuki Takamiya. The, the story of, I usually say the story of Yuki Takamiya, but oh well. So we're going to start with uh, the portion of Yuki's story that will bring us to 57%. So it's the end of the school day. Yuki's on the roof. Aiba shows up as she's wont to do and sort of follows Yuki out of school. They go to the front gate where they encounter Wajima uh, and Yuki gets in a fight with him, uh, mm-hmm. kicks his ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the cops show up and pick her up. So at the police station, she's in this little like holding room, the same room we we saw her in the last time she was uh, arrested. And Onishi the ogre comes in and he asks how she's been. And he's like, I've been worried about you because the SIU just like took you away. (laughs) And he tells her the story of when they first found Ryoko, which is a scene that we have seen before. He says six months ago. Uh, She was involved in an incident involving supposedly the transport of heavy machinery and uh, the SIU also took her away. Uh, And he said, you know, it was weird. She said that she and the weapon she was found with were from the future. And recently there was another accident with heavy machinery sort of similar to this and this time he's like i know it was not just like construction equipment can you tell me what you know so yuki uh she thinks about it and she's like well this sounds very similar to like things that natsuno wrote in her notebook and she thinks onishi the ogre may be another old fart but he's an old (laughs) fart i think i can trust yeah love her so she she goes ahead and tells uh, Onishi that Natsuno has been missing since last week and that the SIU were looking for her. And I think he says, like, I haven't heard anything about this, but I'll like, keep an eye out. And he says uh, the higher ups in the police seem to know what's going on with the SIU, but he is just like an underling. So he doesn't know. And as much as he's been able to gather is that the SIU is doing extensive research on Shikishima. So Yuki explains, yeah, according to Four Eyes, uh, Shikishima is making nukes and there are miners involved. And they transferred me to Sakura High School to watch them. And they did the same thing with Ryoko. So Nishi's like, okay, very interesting. Uh, And mentions it just so happens that there was recently um, like a request for a permit uh, to move more heavy machinery to Shikishima's shipbuilding dock. And Yuki decides to check it out. Mm. So the next scene is 
on a train to the south port uh yuki happens to run into ogata and he's like oh hey where's like your little minion who follows you around all the time and yuki goes erica aiba you know her she's in your class right and ogata's like uh that's not erica aiba she has been out absent from school for like a really long time and then he has to go he's transferring trains mm. um next scene we find ourselves in the shikishima sentinel hangar it's like very dark so yuki can't see anything um but a spot on her chest begins to glow and then she hears a voice it turns out it's ryoko who is also there and her ankle is glowing and (laughs) yuki's like what the fuck is going on and ryoko says our bodies are responding we are pilots she turns on the lights and Yuki sees Sentinel number 14. This is Ryoko's Sentinel. And then Goto walks in from the other side and explains that this is a weapon from the future for the upcoming battle. And Yuki happens to be one of the pilots. Is it Sentinel number 14? Sorry, uh, Ryoko's yeah. Sentinel is 15. Oh, well, this is the Sentinel that she insists is her Sentinel is yeah. in, the, in Remembrance. Uh, 14 yeah. is Iori's. In, ah, in the present timeline okay. yeah interesting yeah yuki's like oh this is what not to know is talking about with like robots fighting aliens mm. and ryoko's like no these aren't for fighting aliens they're for fighting kaiju <laughs> yeah and then ryoko just like aims a gun at yuki yeah. um so yuki like turns around and tries to push past goto but then nurse morimura walks in and this is the first of what uh, a new segment that i like to call cryptic conversation time <laughs> Because it just, it happens like in every, every little chapter. So Goto says to Morimura, what did you find? And Morimura says, new code has been added several times. Goto says, how many times did he come into contact with her? And Morimura says, they must be close. I'd like to research you a bit more, Yuki Takamiya. And Ryoko shoots Yuki with a phaser. (laughs) She just gets fully just shoots her. Yep. Cool. So it's pretty interesting. I, I mean, uh, uh. We, t- we talked last week, can't remember if it's on or off the podcast, but uh, about how Erica Iba is like, is just to Malkarabe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, with a bunch of the stuff that we had last week with like shoe and all that mm-hmm. shit, I think, you know, the pieces are starting to fall into place uh, for me around here. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, this cryptic conversation yeah. does make sense uh, shortly. Yeah. Speaking of shortly, <laughs> moving on to uh, Yuki Takamiya up to 71%. Uh, again, starting on the rooftop, Yuki says that uh, they let her go, um, they being Morimura and Goto and, and Ryoko, but she is pretty sure that they are just watching and waiting to use her for whatever purposes they, they, they have. And then asks Erika Aiba after she shows up, if she's in the same class as Ogata, and she's like, uh, yeah, but he probably doesn't remember me. I don't leave much of an impression. Uh, Yuki's like, okay, cool. Um, I have a thing to do. I have to uh, ditch you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is to go check out the box that she hid for Ryoko in the old school building. So you're like, oh, I have something to do. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> so then we head to the old school building. Classic. Looks the same as it always does. And in one of the classrooms, uh, Yuki pulls out bj but is in box mode he's just hanging out and then a, a random man in black shows up and is like hey nice job you found it <laughs> um and she's like mm, what are you talking about the man in black says you managed to recover it from him uh valuable confidential mm-hmm. inf- info in there and apparently 
he had come in here chasing uh, A, uh, who is a, quote, a vicious criminal that will stop at nothing to get his hands on this info to then the camera pans to the left. And A <laughs> says, I don't think I'm that bad. And then she shoots the guy. Very um, cool moment for A Sekikahara. Yeah. yeah uh, sick. Sick shit. So then uh, he, he sees Yuki with BJ and puts the gun away and says, activate AI, which turns BJ into robot mode and then starts calling bj mira and uh mira recognizes a and he's like okay great you got your memory back and then tells mira like oh we're in we're in sector four and bj says okay well we have to go back to sector three because natsuno's stuck there and then yuki's mm-hmm. like wait a minute wait 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 what are we talking about natsuno's stuck where she freaks out she's like where is natsuno tell me yeah. where she is like in, in kim's notes she, <laughs> she wrote yuki goes into feral mom mode mm-hmm. um and basically like forces a and mira to take mm-hmm. her to the shrine is like we are fucking going right now yeah um, they're, they're like do you want to come with us and she's like you bet your ass i do yeah so they head to Tokisaka Shrine and teleport to the destroyed city in 2025, Sector 3. And A says that this, you know, explains the whole situation of this sector being destroyed and that he says your town is the next target, which I feel like is weird wording, um, mm-hmm. but whatever. And that the only chance of surviving is to fight back with the Sentinels. Yes. And then BJ comes back in little helicopter mode and he's like, yeah, I scanned for heat sources in a five kilometer range, but I couldn't find anything. And A is like, oh, man basically just tells him to like widen the search area or check in buildings because if she's here she's probably hiding from something and yuki's obviously very upset that mira couldn't find any heat sources because that would be sad um, and then bj's like okay well i will search in a wider area um and then that's that's pretty much the whole scene really i mean i mean great I'm, i love mm-hmm. to see stuff coming together i'm i'm yes really i i can see i can see a trajectory like i can tell where we're going and like how see these stories are like intertwining and and like ending up with each other uh which i really like and i appreciate yeah it's good shit it only gets better yeah yuki uh to 85 percent now and this i love this so much um so we start off on the rooftop again yuki says we couldn't find natsuno but i won't give up on her we're gonna find her she also informs us the viewer that uh bj and miura or bj slash miura and a are uh hiding out in the old building so iba shows up does her normal shtick and yuki decides to go to the cafeteria so iba follows yuki gets a drink shu walks in he tries to ask yuki out on a date i Um, thought they were gonna make us experience this entire date scene from the opposite angle again i was like i don't want this Here's the thing. I thought that's what it was. And I thought for a second it was like, oh, Ibo was here, but you can't see her. But yeah, no, you th- can see Ibo. <laughs> so this is a different. Yeah, day. it was. It's a very interesting bluff here. Yeah, um, it's it, it is yeah. absolutely uh, the game faking you out for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he tries to ask Yuki out. She's like, no. How many times is it going to take to stick in that floppy haired head of yours? Which I thought <laughs> was great. And she's basically just like, we have to go. Like, we have things to do. So goodbye. Um, she's like, OK, I won't keep you. She goes, oh, you're surprisingly <coughs> docile today. <laughs> and he responds, I don't want you to hate me, you know, for being too aggressive, <laughs> which I just have to point out, because like, if this is you not being aggressive, 
what is you being aggressive look like, my man? I think you should reevaluate. The aggressive is him uh, uh, tricking her into saying that she wants to yeah, go somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So back in the hallway, we see Nurse Morimura. She says hello to Yuki and hands her a note. Um, and then she pulls... <laughs> Uh, quote Aiba aside and is like oh Tamao you need to come see me it's been a while <laughs> this um, so fucking <laughs> stupid dude Yuki's like what the fuck um, so Yuki reads the note and she's like okay Morimura wants to do something I need to talk to Aiba um, and she she tells Aiba oh come with me I like want to check something before I go home for the day so uh, we see in the next scene Yuki has taken Aiba to Sumire Bridge and she says, you know, I ditched class this morning to pay someone a visit. Erica Iba in the hospital. Bum, bum. <laughs> and I heard Morimura call you Tamao. Is that your real name? Tamao says, I guess the jig is up. You're right. I'm Tamao Karabe. I had no malicious intent. Plus, a twist like this in the third act, it makes her a better detective story, don't you think? Uh, which I think is very funny. Very Storytelling meta. Storytelling queen. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And Yuki says, do you remember the incident in the girls' bathroom? Uh, I found out that there were two Tomi Kisaragi seen on that day, and I recently discovered the second one. So we get a flashback to the old building. Um, we find A kneeling near the beat up Tomi bot, which he says he found in a broom closet. <laughs> yeah. And Yuki's like, oh, my God, is that Tomi? And A says, no, this is an android made to look like Tomi. And it was actually possessed by like a mass murderer named Juro Izumi. But Izumi escaped in another body and then like, you know, stored this thing in the broom closet. And so Yuki realizes, oh, this is the other Tomi who was spotted leaving the girl's bathroom. Mm -hmm. So back on the bridge, Tamao's like, wow, crazy, like a robot. <laughs> um, and Yuki's like, you know, it's been bugging me. Who could this guy have jumped into next? And this is the point in my notes where I freaked out because I was like, Yuki is so fucking cool that she hears she's dealing with a mass murderer in the body of an android. And she's like, let me just confront this thing on a bridge real quick. We find out that this was not actually her plan, but it's still extremely cool that she just yeah. did this and was so cool about it. Yeah. So Yuki is like, you know. I recently learned about nano machines. Uh, <laughs> I, I like went over to a Shikishima facility and they told me someone close to me had altered me several times. And they said it had to be like someone close to me. The only person who always seems to be around me is you. Bah, bah. So Yuki, Yuki says, like, I know you are like Jiro Izumi, the murderer or whatever. And at this point, uh, quote unquote, Tamao's eyes go red and she goes, well, this is annoying. I could swear I made sure to erase your memories. So just then, <laughs> Ryoko, Goto and Katsut Morimura all run in uh, with the cops and Izumi's like, oh, no, it was a trap. So Morimura walks up and aims a gun at Izumi. And we have another cryptic conversation time. Izumi accuses Morimura of trying to save your own ass by derailing the interstellar project. And Morimura says, I'm doing this for you and me. We can make it out alive. Not the you as you are now. 
but the one before you awakened here. Izumi says, yeah, for the small sacrifice of 15 other lives. And she says, it's not a sacrifice. They'll be able to lead happier lives this way. And Izumi says, even if it means they're denied their future without never knowing why. So at that point, Morimura shoots him three times and Yuki asks what he was doing to her. And he says, getting you ready for the game that will soon begin. Things are about to get underway. He climbs over the railing and jumps off the bridge. <laughs> and then uh, Morimura, Goto, Ryoko, and the cops go looking for him. Yeah. And Morimura is like, Yuki, you should go home and rest. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you've done enough. Yeah. Um, do we want to... I know that... I don't want to save this for theory crafting because I want to talk about sure. this stuff right go now. go for it. First of all, I think this conversation with Izumi and Morimura has something to do with, like, the fact that these other people are, like, in this simulation. Mm-hmm. We know that Morimura has been trying to alter memories. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, you know, they're going to be able to lead happier lives. And he's like, they'll be denied their future without ever knowing why. I think what she is doing is because she's going to activate the Aegis Protocol and it's either going to work or it's going to not work. And if it doesn't work, everybody's just like stuck in their timelines. So I think what she's doing is setting things up so that if it doesn't work, at least they can live normal ass lives Mm. and just be happy and not realize that like they're stuck in a simulation like she's altering her their memories to make them believe like i'm just a guy who lives in 1985 (laughs) and like you know i just go to class and i go you know whatever yeah um but if the if the aegis protocol doesn't work doesn't that just mean they're all dead doesn't that mean they just die no i think the aegis protocol the thing or the aegis system or whatever what they say is they can't start the loop again and everyone will just be stuck in their times. Right. But if they're stuck and the, and the dimos come, aren't they just going to be murdered? So maybe it's not whatever? if it doesn't work. This is like part of the plan. I don't know. I'm still kind of foggy on the, on the Aegis. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, I think that's by design. Sure. But yeah, like the thing that they keep saying about it is like, we won't be able to shift anymore. We won't be able to like, start the loops over people will just be like stuck wherever they are right yeah okay so she's giving them these these all these personalities so that they're just like regular people right (laughs) or whatever or maybe the idea is like they can't be saved and like the point is if it's successful maybe you're right like if it's if it's not successful they're all gonna die or they're just gonna be like stuck in like destroyed sectors with nobody but them yeah. Or if it's successful, it means that, well, no, because then- should, we should rewatch that scene of them should- on the roof. So Ida Ergoto says, if we fail this time, we'll just start another loop. And Morimura says that they should activate Operation Aegis to close the loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we fail this time, we'll, per- we'll perform another loop and we'll start over from the very beginning. We'll have a greater se- chance of success. And then Morimura says, even if it means leaving this world behind, no, no more running away. If we don't settle this here, then I'm initiating Operation Aegis. He says, so you intend to close the loop. If you do, no one will be able to leave. And then A shows up. So they have to activate the defense protocol in the UFO, the Aegis system. But if they do, it will render their time machine useless. And that means we can never start over again. Time will cease to flow in this world. When it does, everything will descend into chaos. And in the end, we'll be the only ones left behind in this hellscape. All right. Uh, this has this has done the opposite of clarifying. Yeah. 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 
So um, I don't know about my theory, but one thing I will say. Yeah. The Ida's voice actor is the cat voice actor. <laughs> um, and also Izumi in this refers to a game. The game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, is Izumi the cat? And then if you look at the timeline, mm. these events happen and then there's a few in the middle that we haven't unlocked yet. And then it's it's Megumi time. So I think Izumi goes cat mode after these events. I agree. That's like the next body that he goes. And that's why he's like, I'm so smart for being a cat. You're right. Because they're like, they'll never find me in a cat body. Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. I, I, re- I think Izumi is the cat. For sure. But does that mean that Izumi is Ida? Has Izumi taken over an Ida body? Maybe. Adult Ida. Because this Ida doesn't really look like Shu at all. No, he doesn't. And we've already seen and, and we've seen that they were doing nanomachine stuff on Shu. Mm-hmm. Or were they doing nanomachine stuff on Ida? <laughs> they were doing they were- it on Shu. I think they were doing it on Shu to turn him into Ida. And I think that's the Ida we see in Tomi's thing. Yeah. In, 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 in the 2100 future. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem like the same guy as yeah. adult Ida. I agree. I think they're different Idas. Yeah. I think I think 2100 Ida is an alt the 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 uh, like implanted personality of 2064 Ida. That could be. Or whatever, whatever, whatever the the where, whenever that operation you just seen, or whatever that stuff takes place. I think, I think it's twenty sixty four. Oh, that Ida. Okay. Yeah, that's twenty sixty four. See, I think that there's an Ida who was from twenty 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 five or whatever who was in love with Tomi Kisaragi, and I think that is the Ida that we see in the twenty one hundreds trying to bring her back. Yes. Yeah, that's the Ida from twenty twenty five. Right. At at the destroyed apartment um slightly grown up right but he's slightly grown up and it's 2100 he could have so much time travel in this game (laughs) right but that's what's weird is okay 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 so they're in 2025 and he professes his love and then they travel to 2064 to fight robots or whatever Mm -hmm. and then she's killed by izumi Mm -hmm. and then that ida grows up but that doesn't i don't know but it's just that seems like the same guy and maybe he's a robot boy I agree. Um, but it's like that seems like one iteration of Ida, and this is something else entirely. This this stinky vibes man. Yes. I mean they they're both kind of stinky vibes, but different for different reasons. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah. But, um, but yes. Um anyway, yeah, I don't want to derail us for too long, but I was just like, this is this is all like so rich that Yeah. Oh man. Man. Man, I really hope this comes together in the way that I know it every time like we think we've gotten it, we have not. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on now to the uh, singular mm-hmm. Ryoko chapter uh, with the story of Ryoko Shinonome. This is up to 87 percent of Ryoko's story. Uh, and we start where we always do in the nurse's office. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryoko realizes that A is not, in fact, 426 and that he's not the one who has been doing all this shit. I don't fully remember what happened in the last Ryoko <laughs> chapter. I don't remember either. <laughs> okay. I, I, it may have been 
just a being like hey oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you I think were like just... my big sister yes, and yes. i am not a murderer right okay i think you're right <laughs> yeah. i think that's all i think that's all it is we've gotten so much 426 stuff in the last the last yeah. two episodes that like i don't remember who actually has encountered 426 and who hasn't <laughs> um but i think you're right i think it was just a being like you're my big sister mm-hmm. um so, you know, head to the hallway, ditch Godo, start going to the cafeteria. You go down the steps and Shu is there and we do the whole thing with the pills again. And but she does not recognize Shu this time mm-hmm. uh, or I guess once again does not recognize Shu. Heads to the cafeteria. Yuki's there. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, Ryoko goes to talk to Yuki and Yuki's like, oh, hey, like, oh, hey, the SIU's looking for you. Um, you haven't really checked in in a while. And Ryoko's like, what are you talking about? Who are you? Uh, mm-hmm. And Yuki's like, OK, cool. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Um, do you remember like when we first really like met in the science after shifting into the science room and Ryoko's like, no, but do you want to remind me? Uh, so then we flash back to the science room where, uh, Ryoko, Yuki and adult Edith shift in. Apparently she was with them, but he's not there now. Uh, and they show up and Ryoko just pulls a gun on mm-hmm. Ida and uh, says that this is the first one you set up the gate in the science room which i guess means that ida has set those gates up or mm-hmm. something i mean he's working with morimura so i guess that tracks but is he I- ida yeah Isn't he? i don't i don't think in 1985 he's working with her oh i guess that's true right well but but at the time they created the gates and stuff he was right <sighs> I don't know when they created the games. <laughs> yeah, I also don't know. I'm just assuming yeah, that they've been around since the beginning uh, of this whole thing. But also, like, we say that 426 was the one who did a lot of research in the UFO, and so, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so Ryoka asks if Ito's just using her and says that... <laughs> this is so... This sucks. She's like, I could forgive you if you were just using us. He says us in, like, mm-hmm. talking about Yuki and the rest, you know, the other 14 uh, Sentinel pilots or whatever. Um, but then she says... Um, <laughs> But she can't forgive him for having feelings for another girl and throwing us aside so you could have a do over with her, which is like, <laughs> yeah, man, Somehow it got worse. We were we like, were, maybe when we learn more about this, it'll be better. We were pulling for you. We were rooting for you. We were yeah. all rooting for you. <laughs> this um, is like, the, <laughs> I can forgive, you know, you using us. But uh, what I can't forgive is you having feelings for another girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, my God. God. So then Ida's like, you know, it's a misunderstanding. Calm down. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and Ryoka says, no, I know what happened. I saw the recordings from the lab. Uh, and he just like gets kind of nervous and is like, OK, relax. Take your pills <laughs> because, you know. You got to, you got you got to take the pills, and then Ryoko just says, uh, "Deactivate stun mode or whatever," uh, and then he gets like visibly very nervous <laughs> because she fully she just pops him right there, mm-hmm. uh, presumably killing him? Question mark. Uh, and we don't know because back in the cafeteria, Ryoko's like, "Wait, no, did I kill him?" And Yuki's like, "I don't know. We ran away." <laughs> Uh, or you ran away and then I had to call the suits in to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And and we haven't heard from him since. So maybe he's dead. Maybe he's alive. I don't know. Why did you shoot him? Um, <laughs> and then Ryoko recalls the uh, recording that she saw of, quote, the lab, um, which is, of course, the underground Shikishima lab number six mm-hmm. uh, in the year 2105. Ryoko's, you know, shows up and is going through the research. And sees that the most recent logs are from three years ago and everything after that has been deleted, uh, including the research log on AI. 
then there are some androids that skulk in and you have to shoot them, which felt really weird to do in this game was just like hit A to shoot, which is yeah. just like, why didn't we just why didn't she just shoot them? Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it was interesting. Um, and then she's like, oh, well, they shouldn't have been to get, they shouldn't have been able to get in because I locked the doors and goes to look at the surveillance footage and sees that Morimura and uh, Goto have been here. Uh, so they must have unlocked the door. And then she's like, wait a minute, the surveillance footage. I can check the surveillance footage from three years ago to see who deleted the logs. And so then we get a for a flashback in a flashback in a flashback, I guess. <laughs> no, no, just a flashback. A flashback. Just one, yeah. Um, to twenty one hundred where she sees. <laughs> I, haven't looked at, I haven't looked at Kim's notes yet for this. And she said she sees mid skip eat up. <laughs> firing up an android it's like 22 year old Ida. he's mid-skip Ida. Yeah, that is mid-skip Ida, and i would say yeah. hairstyle and everything like mm-hmm. it, that is mid-skip Ida. uh if you don't know what we're talking about listen to our fire emblem three hopes episode that came out last <laughs> week anyway uh and there's an android you know hooked up to the thing with no skin and and he's apologizing that you know 426 stole her body and blah 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 and you know it's it's tomi's personality or whatever and mm-hmm. she's like oh no it's it's very weird because she's like, it's okay. You just wanted to give me a body. I'm sorry that I couldn't keep it. Just feels very weird when yeah. the, the vibes of the last time they talked were like, hey, you want to kill a kid? This is fucked up. Yeah. But whatever. He promises to make her another one. And Tommy says, you should make bodies for the others instead, which is who are, is that? Uh, we know that Tamau exists them. and he said he would make her a body. But who the fuck else? Who the fuck else is he making bodies for? <sighs> And then we go into, once again, another cryptic conversation time. Uh, Ida says, unfortunately, they no longer need bodies. Tommy says, because of the Sentinels, you're going to trick the UFO into thinking it's being controlled by the compatible by putting our bodiless friends into the Sentinels. <laughs> <laughs> to which Kim wrote, bodiless? Um, Ida says, right, but the UFO isn't easily deceived. Tommy says, then put me in a Sentinel too. And Ida says, it's too risky. If you get discovered, you'll be removed as a foreign entity. Miura and Hijiyama can handle it. They lived as humans in an era of war anyway. Huh? What does this mean? So we know, I presume, they are two of the bodiless, which For makes sure. sense. We know Miura is in a little robot man and was in a Sentinel. When? Right. but also like what war because we're not talking about the 1945 war because that's not real well i don't know right because murray because because miura is alive in 2188 he's a guy i don't know as a as like a teen or whatever (laughs) (laughs) what war (laughs) whatever um god um so then tommy says please i'm not Tommy Kisaragi anymore could you even how could you even consider sacrificing another version of me so that I can take her place please put me in a sentinel and he just <laughs> he's says, like I'm gonna it. shut you down now uh, he's just like oh gotta go see ya <laughs> just hangs up uh turns her off <laughs> and then just like talks to himself about how Tommy is the only person he wants to save and none of this means anything if she's not here he says her original consciousness data is still in the UFO uh, and then says what if we just start over from the beginning from that day then she'd never know. I just need to reset things. Yeah. Which, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, just seriously, dude. Give give up <laughs> your your teen, your high school girlfriend. Just let her just let her be dead, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it's sad, but also fuck, dude. It's <laughs> like, like there are so many people in this game who 
are like, yes, I understand that the whole entire survival of humanity is at stake, but I'm very horny for this one person. And I think we need to take that into account. <laughs> have yeah, you considered you haven't, you haven't that considered. I want to get my dick wet with this person? In <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're so right, though. It's just like, I don't know if it's the game trying to be like, human relationships are messy and blah 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 and like i mean they're not wrong they're not wrong but also like we gotta know the stakes here gang yeah it's just (laughs) i think the thing that makes it tough is like we have that echoed in like three different stories almost in a way four because we have this guy we have megami Mm -hmm. we have ryoko Mm -hmm. and we have sort of iori who's also like yeah whatever's going on with like the world and the robots and the time travel (laughs) that's fine but what i'm really interested in is whether a sekigahara will uh kiss me tell me he wants to be my boyfriend right and it's like that's fine i think it's fine and interesting to have like a character who's like i literally don't care like i just want to be with the person that i love but it's like Four of them starts to be like, all right, this is getting a little samey, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it's for some purpose. I don't know. I feel like the purpose is going to be like we come out of whatever this simulation is and all the real life people are like, I'm so glad to be back with the person I love. And so my boo. Right. So like their their implanted personalities or whatever are just like cosmically drawn to their other like, you know, destiny. Yeah, it's destiny. It's a soulmate thing. It's whatever. So many of them are so creepy. Yeah, it's. It's almost to the detriment of the story. Like, I I, mm-hmm. I can appreciate the, even from, like, the sci-fi lens, I can appreciate, like, if you take the per- two, per- two identical personalities of people and you put them in a confined space, they will find mm-hmm. their way back to each other no matter what. I love great. that. I love yeah, that. I, I think, think that's, that's great. Lovely. But <laughs> I don't think it's great that they're just like, no, I will be with this person no matter what, despite everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it just feels, like, so weirdly disconnected from the story or whatever like mm. I, I mean but even when they th- the game knows that because when shu and juro talk about watching these movies uh shu is like yeah it's a mad scientist loses his body or whatever but then it's like well i guess at that point maybe he's talking about juro but i don't know like he uses the phrase mad scientist so it's, it's just i i, I don't know uh, yeah it's I, it also it just feels like kind of a cheap storytelling tactic right mm. though like Oh, they did it for love. It, you know, right, how, yeah. Um, I think yes. apparently, I don't know this firsthand because this is not content that I consume. But <laughs> apparently, like in the original comics, this is why Thanos does the snap is yeah. because he's in love with death. Yeah, he's trying to get her and attention. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like my dude <laughs> yeah i actually kind of like that better than like what what we get in the movies but like it, it's like this is so it's just kind of played out you know yeah. like let me do bad thing because person i love i think that's I what just, bugs me so much about yeah. it it's like that is the end that is the end point or like that's the inciting mm-hmm. incident is like i love of, this person of like four three to four stories in this game <laughs> yeah that it just is like like give me something fresh give yeah. me something new yeah i think it works best with iori and a because like you said last week it is that yeah. rom-com bullshit of like i don't know why i love this person i just do and they're not like <laughs> like that's not the whole <laughs> point of their story you know what i mean like right. they're not well, they're but hers but, maybe <laughs> hers maybe but well, it's like hers, in, hers probably not because there is more and more stuff going yeah, on but it's like, like in a in a kind of rom-com way and not in a like i love mm-hmm. this person so much i will end humanity <laughs> 
Yeah. Like that's just, that is when it jumps the shark to being uninteresting and just like Mm -hmm. a a bad storytelling device, I think. Yeah. I think also there is something to be said for this, like, oh, it's destiny thing when like Yuki in 2188 is divorced and we don't know this, but like if Shu Amiguchi or Ida or whoever is like the ex, Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit weird about the like parent trap vibe of but see in the simulation we're back together because we're we really are meant for each other oh, <laughs> like it's just, interesting. It's, i don't know it's i have no idea i don't know enough about it to really uh have an opinion on it but sure. i'm like that could go in like that one could, of two directions yeah, it could be bad i think it would be interesting if it was like oh yuki was actually like with this other character and she was like actually who she was meant to be with and yeah. that's why they have this yeah. but also she spends the entire time telling him that she doesn't want to date him so <laughs> right. uh, like uh, that, i guess that's the thing that i'm worried about is like if he is in fact her ex-husband in 2188 and the reason why she's so like ugh about him now is because of that fact that like you know the way that they're representing that like we were once together and our relationship fell apart is like he's like going after her and she's like no i'm like that's those are two different things and one of them is like quite distasteful and another Mm. is just like people getting divorced which is like just a fact of life yeah so i don't know it's mm. yeah Weird. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it's good. I don't know. But anyway, so that's <laughs> that's Ryoko up to 87%, uh, which then brings us into the story of Juro Karabe, mm. who we haven't seen in yes. a very long time. Everyone get out the toaster because it's time to have some Wonder Bread. Um, I'm just kidding. Actually, the, these are really, really tasty. I will like Juro's story is interesting, notwithstanding that he himself is a boring little boy. Yeah. But Look, sometimes um, toast is good, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I will good. also say it's not Juro's fault that he is a manufactured personality and they like didn't put much spice in True. there, you know? True. Juro is in the classroom. School's over. She was like, hey, Juro, let's go home. I like that was like, voice. hey. Hey, Jero, let's go home. It's like, hey, ha ha. (laughs) Um, It's just Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So Jero's like, "Uh, don't you want to go to Shoe's place? Like, you've been asking every day to go to Shoe's place and play video games. And Shiba goes, well, I beat the game. Mm -hmm. So now we can hang out just you and me. Mm-hmm. And Jero's like, okay, why don't we go to the video store and see if we can rent that one video that's always checked out. So they get to the shopping district and turns out the video store is closed because of the quote unquote gas explosion. Mm-hmm. In walks uh, Keitaro Miura and he's like, hey, Jero, I followed you here. I got to ask you something. <laughs> How did you activate a Sentinel the other day? Jero's <laughs> um, like, a Sentinel? Yeah. Oh, you mean like the gas explosion? Miura's like, no, no, there was no gas explosion. There was like a Sentinel. You don't remember this? And Shiba goes, oh you talking about movies i think i saw that one and jiro goes oh yeah that did happen in one of the tapes you let me borrow amira's like jiro who are you talking to right now and jiro's like i'm talking to to Shiba. oh i never introduced you hey this is you know this is my friend and he introduces them amira's like who where where is the guy that you're introducing me to right now because he can't see him and juro's like wait you can't see him oh my gosh and uh has a memory of this happening before we get a flashback to the classroom juro's talking to shiba about a movie where a criminal takes over another guy's body oh oh (laughs) Hmm? who could that be and (laughs) 
Tomi's like, hey, Jiro, I, can I just ask you a quick question? Why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> and Jiro's like, I'm talking to Sheba. And she's like, who? And he's like, Sheba, the guy in our class, Kuta Sheba. And she's like, we do not have anyone named Kuta Sheba in our class. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Miwa, it's Kuta Sheba, our friend, <laughs> our and classmate. And he was like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Juro, just like, this is the most wet blanket thing. He goes, say something, Shibakun. They're being so mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, practically in that voice. Yeah. Ugh. And Shiba's like, oh, they have such a bad sense of humor. This is such a dumb joke. <laughs> so they, they're like, start to go towards, like, the exit of the classroom. And Juro's like, Shiba, we grew up together, right? <laughs> and she was like, duh, we've been best friends since grade school. And then, like, you th you could think about Kutashiba and the Hot Club. And Jiro's like, come to think of it, I know, like, we've been best friends since grade school, but I don't actually remember Shiba <laughs> being in my class in grade school or yeah. middle school. Like, I don't remember him at all. And so he's like, Shiba, why don't I remember you? Which, like, that is not the thing that I would do in this situation. <laughs> but okay. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do, but it wouldn't be that. Yeah. Um, like, why are you so forgettable, she, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> um why do i have no memories of you specifically like if you were just a person in the world what would you even say to that you like i think you need to we need to get you evaluated right we gotta anyway. take you to a doctor now yeah uh shiva goes well i should have known you'd figure it out i guess i overdid it with the mind hacking <laughs> <laughs> okay um he goes here take this tape it's your next set of memories and then we fade back to the present Juro finally realizes he's the only one who can see Shiba. And Shiba's like, oh, okay, jig is up, I guess. He explains he is artificial personality 48Q, codename QTACBA. He's like, see, Kuta Shiba. Um, I know it's like kind of dumb, but I had to come up with something that suited you. You get along with this kind of guy, right? Which I think is such a fun, interesting detail I to be that. like, <laughs> like I created the like best friend personality that you need. Right. And he says, I, I've been filling your head with transplanted memories, the memories of Juro Izumi. Um, and he's like, here, take this movie. It'll wipe your mind clean. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at which point uh, he's still in in the middle of the street with uh, Mira mm -hmm. and stuff. And Mira is like, hey, what's up? And he's like, and Jiro's just like standing next to him like, no, no, please. Ah! Yeah. He's like having a whole conversation. Mira's like, what do I do? In this situation? <laughs> yeah, dude's just standing there um, like, I just want to know how you summon a sentinel. I like how like Shiba looks a little like faded out. Yes. At points when Jiro's like, wait, he isn't real, yeah. which is a cool like visual yeah. sort of um, signal. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. So then we uh, move on to 77% uh, for Jiro back in the classroom remembers, re just fully remembers uh, Kuta Shiba, Q-T-A Shiba, mm -hmm. um, and then talks to Shiba and is like, hey, he's like visibly angry. He's yeah. like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, you want to go back to your house today? He's like, I, no, we're not doing this. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And then Shiba says, oh, I guess mind hacking has its limits. And then Jiro just starts interrogating him of like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you trying to turn me into uh, Jiro Izumi? Uh, and Shiba just says, don't worry about it. <laughs> you never meant to be this way in the first place. Uh, and then once again is like, well, I guess we have to wipe the memory. And then just like disappears, uh, I guess going to go to the, the the memory wipe place or something yeah i i don't know if it's that or if at this point juro is so far beyond like being able to be taken in yeah. by this anymore yeah. that he's like he's just like no you're just like not real yeah. and just sort of like 
overcomes. I don't know. Yeah. Mind hacking has its limits, you know, it has its limits. Um, so then, uh, we leave the classroom and he immediately runs into Ogata, uh, who is looking for Tomi and then just like leaves. And then Jero just thinks like, Oh, Ryoko has memory problems. I should go talk to her. Uh, so she go, he goes to the nurse's office and Ryoko wakes up and is like, Oh, Izumi. And Jero's like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but I, I know like what's been happening and tells her about mm-hmm. Shiba trying to replace his memories. And she says that according to Morimura, Izumi's memories were lost for good. And she doesn't know who Kyuta Shiba is. Uh, mm-hmm. And then she's like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, she's like, I have no fucking <laughs> idea what you're talking about. And then she asks what happened in the memories. And then you can tell her about the shootout dream and the quote, terrible dream. Sorry, the shootout dream being the one where they, Jiro and Morimura are in a factory and then there's a police shootout. And then the terrible dream being the one where he kills all his classmates. And Ryoko's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that's like, that's kind of fucked up. And then says that she's surprised that uh, Izumi would kill the students. And then Jiro explains that Shiba's been giving him memories via videotape. And then you can think about it's something that's been in the thought cloud forever, but you can finally recall the uh, visitor from another world movie or whatever. So then we head to Jiro's memory uh, inside the UFO. Jiro is shifted in um, and we have Iori Morimura, mm-hmm. you know, Chihiro in Iori's body, I guess, whatever. <laughs> um, and Okina, Okina was also there. Jiro had just come from 1985 during the invasion uh, and they talk about how the machine only lets them travel to specific time periods 40 years apart so he comes back he's like i was in 1985 and they're like okay well that's another 40 year time gap so Mm -hmm. what the fuck and then okino says they don't have any record of an invasion occurring then in 1985 which makes it inconsistent with history uh, and that the only known invasion was in 2104 so there must be some sort of time paradox or something and okino's like well hold on like it, it seems like to us that this is a time machine, but maybe like, you know, we're we're being premature in that assumption and it could be something else. I think because as we've talked about, like the sectors, it's not clear if they are like part of a timeline or just like different physical mm-hmm. space. I think Okino there is alluding to the fact that it seems like maybe they're teleporting to different physical spaces, yeah. which would explain why there can be dimos attacks and all of them right yeah 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 i mean hey okino's pretty smart <laughs> mm-hmm. um and the whole reason they know that jero was in 1985 is he came back with a flyer right. that said 1985 on it um i guess just worth noting so then there is like uh some wild earthquake and and everything's shaking and they all run to their various computers on the ground um and okino's <laughs> like oh sh- fuck and pulls up the countdown which has now reached uh, zero and is blinking red by the way would you not be paying like so much know, attention to the right? countdown like <laughs> how could you not know that there was yeah. like 24 hours left on it at least mm-hmm. you know like check it once a day or something right like come on guys but yes yeah, so they, they discover that it's at zero <laughs> um and says that they're losing contact with the zones of the UFO as supposedly the Earth's crust is crumbling beneath it. And then uh, in order to survive, they feel like, OK, well, we have to they say seek refuge in the past, which means they're going to use the teleporter to go wherever. Uh, and Okina's like, OK, yeah, you guys get in. I'll set a timer uh, and then I'll hop in with you. And then, uh, you know, as this stuff keeps happening, uh, the machine is malfunctioning so that he can't he uh, uh, can't actually select a sector um and then is eventually able to select sector zero but then can't set a timer (laughs) so he has Mm. to hit the button manually and so he shifts juro and iori away 
and presumably dies there, I guess. Um, which is really interesting because I, I thought for sure that this was going to be the scene where we would see the origin of those three mm-hmm. Terminator bodies. Well, A, that could be a fake out by the game. B, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, this, like, yeah, you just think who we're being knows tricked. if. Yeah, we yeah. could be tricked. I oh oh, here's a thought. Okay, what if their consciousnesses are being shifted? That's what I was about to say too. Yes, into different android bodies yeah. throughout the sectors. I mean, but that would Maybe. mean that would mean there's just a bunch of like fully siliconed and clothed android bodies just around in every sector, which I guess also possibly, could also be the case. Yeah, or possibly. It's like, a, you know, we've talked about the um, I forget what it's called from the Matrix, but it's like the the projections. Oh, that yeah. The residual self-image. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, so I maybe wonder they're, if they're, they recognize there are just in Android bodies, but they recognize them as each other um, because they have some sort of like shared consciousness or whatever. Hmm. Or just like, remember, you know, they just like recognize each other's like signatures or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's Okino. And so their brains fill in the blanks. Very interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Very interesting. I don't think that's the case because we spent so much time talking about how they have silicon bodies and stuff. Um, Yeah, but but I also don't know. That could be something different, right? Like Mm, that could be a totally different reality. (laughs) That's that's a fact. Yeah, that's I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me was had started thinking about the uh, like Star Trek idea. There's this whole idea in Star Trek Mm. and I guess just in future philosophy in general of like if you're mm-hmm. able to create a teleporter how do you know that the same like how do you know you're being teleported and not just like not copied disintegrated and then a new version of you is being Ooh. like printed out at the other end and then that's a whole discussion about like what is the self and what does it mean to be human and blah mm-hmm. blah, blah blah that's a whole other thing but like it could also maybe be that but then like <laughs> if, if, if you if you replace every part of a ship it, no exactly <laughs> yes exactly yeah um but it's but if it is like their consciousness consciousnesses get teleported away and the bodies are just around i don't know if that tracks with anything else that we've learned so far but you're right no. it could just be a, another thing it could just yeah it could just be like next week we're going <sighs> to reveal everything right. about that you right. know yeah but anyway um, yeah so they're teleported away or something and we <laughs> wind up on sumire bridge in sector zero uh in 2089 16 years in the past uh, Jiro tells Chihiro that uh, Okino won't be coming back and that they need to find food and shelter and she's like very very upset about that um, mm-hmm. says we can't just leave him and he's like well there's literally nothing we could do and says first they need to figure out how to survive in this time because they don't like exist or are like just born so they don't have any ids and they can't buy anything Mm -hmm. um and they need to find out a way to warn everybody about the invasion that's coming but they also need to just be able to survive here so jiro suggests that they try and find the ufo and then chihiro's like oh we could use that to travel back and save him and jiro's like yeah maybe that might work but we really need to uh make it through today which is a great philosophy to have, Jero. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, very present. Yes, very present. So then we head back to the nurse's office, um, and then Jero, uh, Jero's like finishing telling the story or whatever to Ryoko and says, they spent the next few years together living in society's shadows. And Ryoko says that the incident he described is not one of Jero's memories. Uh, which is like, okay. Um, and then we enter once again into cryptic conversation time. 
uh, where Ryoko says, uh, it must have been him. He's a time traveler. He's gone back in time over and over again, Juro says. But his name is Juro Izumi. Does that mean he's me from the future? And Ryoko says, no, he's a different Juro Izumi. One who came... This, this line made me crack up. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. We're doing this yeah. now? One who came from a lost world. Uh, and then Juro like, goes to walk up to her to talk to her. And she tells him to stay back and takes a couple steps back and says that um, I was told that he's incredibly dangerous. Um, and Juro says, so that means my dreams and memories of a, are of a lost world. And Sheba is that world's Juro Izumi? <laughs> Kim, in Kim's note, she's written, huh? <laughs> um, this line, oh my god, all the dialogue here is yeah. just bonkers. Uh, and then Ryoko finally says, he has nothing but his consciousness left. He's transferred himself into an android and fled. Uh, and then Ryoko gets a headache. Shiba walks in, uh, classic. Uh, and then Shiba tells Juro that Ryoko is a freaking weirdo. And if you want to take <laughs> her word for it, you'll have to face the consequences. Uh, and then the screen <laughs> flashes to white. And that's, that is the end of that one. Oof. Yeah. A lot going on there. So, so much to unpack. And this stuff is starting to get so confusing. Yeah, I actually feel <laughs> like, like I'm like kind of getting... Different Izumi and he's from a lost world. Is, like a, is he a human? Is that the... He's a real human and all of these other people are a robot boy, so he's the real boy? Well, he... Okay. And he's evil? <laughs> yeah, so the evil Jiro Izumi was a real human who had, who had like killed people and had to leave. And so he uploaded his personality and stuff to... Sheba, and then I assume in like a, a, a Morimura way, like had his memories saved into his nano machines and is now trying to put those memories into Juro. But I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess maybe because he's at this point, he's just code probably, and he's trying mm -hmm. to get an android body, which I assume is mm -hmm. what Juro is, or like whatever the soft body thing with nano machines in it, maybe. So he's just like infected Juro. And is slowly like drip feeding him these memories to then transform him into a soft body or android, whatever, Juro Izumi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be soft body and it's sort of like a Tomi. Right. Which it's just, just so I'm I'm I am so ready to understand that <laughs> situation of like like <laughs> clones versus androids. Like yeah. I just I just want there to I, I want there to be clear distinctions so that I can mm -hmm. then decide who is an android and who is a clone. <laughs> You know, I simply want answers. I simply would like to know. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's just in the interest of full disclosure, as you were describing your sort of theory there, I did. I did go into elevator music mode. <laughs> I did. And it's not which is not to say that anything you were saying was boring. It's just this stuff is so. <laughs> yeah. At a point, it's like it's like um, how I imagine my partner Tara feels when I am talking mm -hmm. to my roommate about D&D. &D and we're just like, yeah. saying these names and these like <laughs> mm -hmm. these these things that aren't real. And she's like, I have no idea what's happening. hundred percent. Me whenever like in the Game of Thrones era, because all of my friends watch oh, Game of yeah. Thrones and I did not. That was just the word Baratheon was uttered and your your entire brain shut off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I love video games. Yeah, I do love the idea of just like somebody recapping this entire game over like over just like a bossa nova beat. I think that's a really. Um. Wait, 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 wait. Can I make a proposal? That because I was thinking like it would be fun if cryptic conversation time had like a jingle. Oh, what if we played bossa nova bossa nova music over uh, yeah 
cryptic conversation. <laughs> okay, I'm down for that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Wonderful. you've already heard it here. That's the cryptic <laughs> Last doing boss. production That's, on the show. Right. Yeah, that is the, the cryptic uh, conversation theme. So, yeah, uh, that's the that's my theory. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But I again, probably I just sounds right. The parts I was paying attention. To. I, I just don't <laughs> understand the soft body versus Android thing. And mm-hmm. that I guess like the technological side of it or anything, because it doesn't. Yeah. Seem, like how many soft bodies can there be? Yeah. It just and like, how are they made? And like, what is like, why is like, why, why, why can't they and how? And also what? Yeah. Like, what's the why can't they just put a personality into a soft body? Like, why? Why the androids? It's just very confusing. Anyway. Anyway. Let's continue on with the story of Tomi Kisaragi. The queen is here. (laughs) Okay. So first part of her story today uh, brings us to 50 percent. Woo. Uh, the gang is still stuck in 2064. Love that. <laughs> I'm picturing a always sunny. Literally uh, me card. too. As I was taking that note. <laughs> okay. So we have Neji, Tomi, Miwa and Ryoko. Off screen um, Ryoko, I guess, to be fair. Uh, yeah. She's always napping. Yeah. So they're still searching for a way to get back to 1985. Miwa suggests that maybe the people of the city are hiding. And for some reason that makes Tomi want to go check out the school. Weird instincts, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it is because they're just, they're talking about, like Tomi and and and, and Nenji, me was like, oh, what's up? And they they were just talking about like, oh, we went to the apartment and there was no one there. And then we went to the the Dimos and that was weird. And me was like, maybe they're hiding. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, we should check the school. <laughs> like, what? So, um, Tomi brings up Morimura and Nenji says, oh yeah, that nurse with the big knockers. God, yeah. Uh, why do I love this man? <laughs> anyway, they tell Miwa about the Daimos being heavy machinery created by Shikishima for interstellar development. If I recall correctly, she is very distressed by this news. So uh, I think she stays behind with uh, Ryoko yep. and Nenji and Tomi go and check out the skewel. They come across Juro's Sentinel, which Tomi recognizes as number 13. Yeah. And Tomi remembers, oh, the last time I saw this thing, it was right before I got taken away. So we get a flashback to a Kamazumi Ward commercial building where Tomi's like running around uh, (laughs) in a building that looks suspiciously like the one Juro found Ryoko in. And she's like, Mom, where's my mom? Um, (laughs) And it was she's yelling for her mom, right? No, yeah, she is. (laughs) yeah the voice is um not quite accurate anyway goto uh shows up and he's like we gotta go you're the only one capable of stopping them or like stopping the daimos and then uh juro izumi in sentinel number three 13 sort of crashes by uh goto seems concerned but morimura shows up and says izumi has made his choice isn't goto like uh he's been in there too long right yeah well he was yeah yeah because he had he had just hit his limit or whatever. And then he's already back in his, right. in, in the suit. So Goto's yeah. like, Oh, this is bad. Uh, and he says his nano machines aren't going to hold that much longer. If we don't begin the test now, we'll miss our chance. The evacuation can wait, hurry and bring that girl over. And Iggy's notes here say, Hey, what does that mean? And I also would like to ask, Hey, what does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> What test? What does this mean? What? Ooh, I wonder if we'll we'll get answers when we have our uh, Renu Goto extravaganza. I hope so. I'm really looking forward to that one, um, which we have discovered. We're going to need to do most of Renu Goto and then the final Hijiyama <laughs> scene Hijiyama. and then the final Goto scene, which is yeah. fine, I guess. But whatever. Uh, yeah. 
disrupting our flow. Yeah. But what the um, fuck does it mean, dude? I do want to solicit opinions for if we're setting ourselves up for disappointment of Goto's last movie. <laughs> we really are kind of making a whole moment out of it. Yeah, uh, which like is sort of I feel like in some ways. Well, I don't know. It's his his is the very last his last story is the very last one you have to do. Yes. Right. So in some in some senses, I guess it's not going to be that disappointing because like it has to be the last right. one you do no matter what. Right. But I just don't know if the lead up is just if you have an opinion on that, please. Feel yeah, free let, to let us know if we would be better sprinkling in his earlier scenes. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, because I'm sure at that point we you know will have every major reveal for mm-hmm. most other characters. So I could see it being a little underwhelming in yeah. terms of like oh we already knew you know something equivalent to like bj is mira or like you know mm-hmm. whatever but i don't know that's i think that's mm-hmm. I, I still like seeing that stuff from the other the other angles yeah and uh, at the end of the day there's gonna be something we know we're gonna have at least two interesting things yes. between hijiyama's final and and gojo's final yes. so yes yes just that oh what the fuck is this test man <sighs> anyway um that test yeah maybe it's like they're trying to I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> this brings us to uh, Tommy, sixty-two uh, percent back at the destroyed building, uh, and they show back up and they're like, "Hey, we <laughs> we we couldn't make it to the 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 school because there was a big robot in the way, so we have to take the long way around." And then me was like, "Oops, I lost Ryoko." <laughs> um, uh, I would like I could do an entire mini bullshit section on what do we think Miwa was doing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I only left for a minute or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then came back and Ryoko was gone. We check uh, Ryoko's bed, which is the first time we like see that area in any of these things. It's just a mattress on the floor. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like, "Ooh, we get to go into the building. (laughs) Um, It's just a mattress on a floor. I don't know. So then Tommy's like, well, fuck. Uh, Okay. Uh, Miwa, you stay here in case she comes back. Uh, Me and Nenji are going to go check everywhere we have already been. Um, So we check out the Dimos and it's not there. And Nenji's like very like hey we only i'm only gonna let us be here for like five or minutes or whatever because i'm scared mm-hmm. and then there's nothing there and so we head back to tomi's apartment uh and check there and no one's there and at both places uh nenji like leans down and looks for footprints and both places it's like there are no footprints so that's like <laughs> what and i couldn't i tried to leave the apartment area and it wouldn't let me because i hadn't seen nenji look for footprints that aren't there yet <laughs> It's like, no, wait, I haven't looked hard enough. And then it's just like, Nenji's just like, there's nothing here. It's like, okay, great. Um, So then we uh, decide to head to the uh, school at the uh, Tomi's apartment. I guess it's worth noting BJ or Mira or just some other random drone. But we find out later that it probably is BJ or Mira um, like flies overhead. No, that's it. Um, So we head to the school and there's just like a giant a giant hole in the middle of the ground. It's like, holy shit. Like what the fuck is, yeah, it's basically a crater. Right. And Nenji seems like, is like really caught off guard. He's like the whole North building's gone. It's like, yeah, dude, like (laughs) have you seen the rest of the city? Like one building from the school is not, is not the the most damage that's happened, but uh, maybe I'm being too harsh. And then they see a Deimos uh, in the hole, uh, you know, one of the molars or whatever the diggy, the diggy ones are. Um, and they're like, oh, I wonder why they were digging a hole. And then she's like, are they making a nest? Like, what's I wonder what's going on? So they look at that for a bit. And then down the road, we see uh, Ryoko hanging out with some androids that aren't activated. Um, but then they become activated uh, and begin making their way toward 
Nenji and Tomi. And at this point, I had accidentally run directly into one of them. And the whole screen just like fades to red. And then yeah. you start back at the beginning of the scene. I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I did this too, but I did it on purpose to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I mean, we've we've gotten to different parts and chapters by running into people. So, you know, it's, mm. uh, it's a possibility. Um, no, you just die and then you start back over. So right before they get to you, uh, there are gunshots from off screen and uh, A. Sekigahara shows up saving the day, introduces himself and <laughs> sees Tomi and goes, oh, you're Tomi Kisaragi, right? I didn't know any of you were left. Sorry, what? <laughs> you know, I didn't put two and two together. I thought he was talking about like any of you, like other kids mm. or students or whatever. I, I don't know. We've got so much of like Tommy Android stuff that I feel like maybe yeah. there's just another Tommy. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Now that now that you put it that way, I'm like, oh, shit, that might actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've we've now could be. We've now started convincing each other of the opposite because now I'm like, oh, maybe he is just talking about, you know, oh, really? the 15 or whatever. Um, yeah it could go either way go either and i'm way, sure honestly. it's on purpose yeah and so then you know a explains like oh you know i'm also trying to get to the teleporter there's a ufo underground and i'm uh, that's where the primary shifter is and explains that like all of these all of the the shifters are connected to each other via access points okay and they're all you know via the ufo underneath the school uh, and that's that's the end of that one and uh we could probably just go right into the next one yeah i just was thinking about how i think in some scenes it's referred to just as just an underground facility and in some mm -hmm. scenes they're like this is a ufo mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean the sin the syntax in this game is inconsistent it's yeah and i think like deliberately for sure so like i think the because the scenes where i'm like oh they call it just like a facility i think are right. like the mid-skip ida scenes or whatever anyway yeah um right because at that point it's the underground shikishima lab facility or whatever yeah yes hmm. interesting so now tomi to 75 percent uh we're back in the ruined city a has gone off to find ryoko and uh tomi and ogata come to grab miwa and say they found a way home Ogata's like, I don't know if we can trust A, but like this seems like our best shot of getting back to 1985. Um, so we return to the pit at school. As they walk in, they see one android still on the ground and they're like, wait, there were more of them before. <laughs> um, and then the, the camera sort of pans to the right and we see A pointing a gun at Ryoko and she's like reactivated an android. Um, and he says that uh, they're taking advantage of your memory loss, essentially. Um, and Ryoko's like, oh, you know, you're not going to get away this time, 426, and tells an android to get A. She runs off. A shoots the android. I really don't know what she thought was going to happen there. Um, <laughs> and uh, the others come in and they're like, oh, what was that? Uh, and A tells Tomi that Ryoko is being manipulated by the guy who controls the androids. Um, and now she seems to be headed for the gate. Um, we need to get there before she does or else she could seal it and then they could be stuck. Right. Miwa is also like, can we trust this guy? He has a gun, which yeah. I think is just so funny. Yes. And to Tomi's just like, I don't know. Like, again, like this is the best we've got. So A is like, OK, we got to get down there so we can use the crane in the high quad uh, to go down there, kind of like an elevator. Um, so we cut to inside. This is it. The underground shifter gate. <laughs> it's yeah. like, OK, we're not calling it a UFO now. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, it opens up with Ryoko uh, standing in the middle of it. It looks like she's about to shift. 
Uh, <laughs> and then as they come in, then she goes, what fresh hell is this? Which is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, A sort of like stops, uh, stops Ryoko from shifting. Meanwhile, Miwa is freaking out. She's afraid of heights, did not enjoy the crane experience. Um, and it's like very dark in here. And she's like, I don't ever want to do this again. And yeah. Fair. <laughs> That's probably how I'd act in this situation. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I know Gata is like, oh, wow, there are this, you know, the same kind of gadgets in here that we saw in the kaiju. It's almost like we're in the belly of the boss. And then <clears throat> I wrote in these notes, oh, no, because I realized what if the UFO is the boss? Right. Anyway, what if we have to fight the UFO? <laughs> what if we have to fight a UFO? I'm not equipped for that. <laughs> um, so Ryoko suddenly seems to get some of her memories back. She recognizes A. She's like, why are we here? Is like, do you have your pills and she's like no i ran out and so a's like okay mira get us all back to sector four um you know we can get her some pills there and tommy's like what's wrong with her (laughs) and a's like well there was an incident during our fight in the sentinels and after that we all started having memory issues and someone's been taking advantage of it I don't know why she does, but Tomi then asks if Morimura is also using this machine. And A's like, oh, yeah, she's the reason we can use it. Like, she's she's the one who, like, basically came up with this technology mm-hmm. or, like, learned how to use it or whatever. While they're waiting for BJ to, or Mira to get the the shifter running, Tomi's like, what's this do? And just, like, pushes a random button. Um, and she gets a staticky sort of transmission from number 16. It's like a scream pops up and it's all, like static but there's a, a voice coming through and a's like that's the one who's been missing and number 16 is like i finally got through and bj slash miura says kisaragi what are your coordinates and mm-hmm. of course tomi is like that's my name what's going on and number 16 is like i don't know where i am i don't know what's going on basically it's <laughs> just and a says number 16 went completely off the radar after that incident and ogata's like tomi that voice sounds like your voice um she's like you think um and bj slash mira like this is all going on at the same time which is Mm -hmm. why it's so like disjointed but um mira's like kisaragi is the control system for number 16 she is you or rather a different you (laughs) Um, great great um (laughs) so they realize oh the reason why or a realizes the reason why tomi um triggered the transmission is because she is the same biometric id so they have her try again and they, they get back through to number 16, who says, I managed to connect the system and de- connect to the system and determine my location. I'm outside the world. This place is not recognized in any era. I'm being denied access to all sectors. Universal control is trying to get rid of me. Uh, what? Uh, so then they lose the connection again. And this time they can't get it back. Um, so Tommy's like, what is universal control? And he says, it's here where the primary gate is housed. This underground mainframe monitors the world. And BJ slash Mira says the mainframe doesn't want us to know her location. And then the androids start coming, closing in on both sides and A's out of ammo. So everyone gets in the shifter and they go. Uh, they arrive back at the shrine and everyone is here safe and sound, except Miwa is missing. <gasps> Miwa! Um, so they're, yeah, they're, Nenji and uh, Tomi are running around shouting for Miwa, trying to find her. They check like the bushes, which I think is so funny. Anyway, um, Ryoko says <laughs> it's no use. Yeah, like, oh, maybe she's in one of the bushes. Ryoko says, it's no use. She's not like us. The people here, everyone in the city, we're all managed by that computer underground. Um, And he says, uh, to make sure no one impacts this world or finds out the truth, Universal Control pulls the strings behind the scenes. It handles our lives as it sees fit. 
it must have determined she knows too much. Heavy. Heavy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> There's just so much in there. I don't even know how to begin to unpack it. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't even I don't even feel like I can make any meaningful connections back to previous stuff that we've learned. <laughs> yeah. This all feels like new information. Well, so, I mean, the one thing that I can connect it to is the fact that, like, you know, we keep seeing like, oh, my God, everyone's disappeared except us after the Dimos come. Right. And Miwa clearly is one of those, like, right. <laughs> for lack of a better terms, NPCs. Yeah, yeah. That, like, she's not like them. And I guess... You know, uh, maybe the idea is like because the 15 have like nano machines or whatever, like their memories can be manipulated and it's easier to like, like control them or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, these other people, for whatever reason, are I don't know what their deal is, but yeah. they can't be controlled the same way. So yeah. it's like, eh, we just got to get rid of them, which is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rip I, Miwa. Yeah. Yeah. Rip Miwa, I guess. I hope we Probably see her not, elsewhere. But. Yeah. But geez. So that's that's Tomy to 75%. Uh so then let's move on now to our final story chunk beside besides the destruction stuff we have to talk about. Uh to the story of Nenji Ogata. Uh starting with the story that'll lead us to 75%, we once again begin in Kamazumi Station line number five or platform number five, whatever. And Nenji is like coming to the terms or coming to terms with the fact that all of this is fake and it's all in his head uh, and that none of these people are real. And he's mm -hmm. just very sad about that. So then we, you know, head over to Iori, uh, but Okino is not there uh, to which he thinks like, oh, this must be the restrictions that Okino mm -hmm. was talking about um, because the, the end of the last scene was them or was Okino being revealed and Nenji, you know, discovering he's in the seat or whatever right um but we are able to talk to juro this time which he has shown up before but we've just not been able to be interacted with which is weird but you talk to him and he's like being extremely odd um and just kind of like <laughs> android-esque <laughs> yeah well uh, there was a moment where i was like "Ooh, finally some spice from <laughs> juro and then i was like this can't possibly be <laughs> well yeah no i mean spicy juro yeah. is <laughs> izumi you know that is that is spicy juro um so we head onto the train following this like kind of mean juro <laughs> um, and and nenji catches uh chases juro um and uh is like hey why like why are you running away from me whatever um and juro says aren't you on the wrong train and then she says it doesn't matter which one i take the same damn thing happens anyway i always get taken out by the kaiju to which juro juro replies yeah that about sums it up <laughs> um <laughs> Which, like, that doesn't... That's pretty foreboding. Mm -hmm. It's for our man Nenji. Uh, <laughs> outside of this train context. But then, uh, you know, Jiro, Karabe runs away again, and uh, they have another exchange. And he's like, you're not... You're not Jiro Karabe. Uh, and then Big Jiro turns around. He's just been standing there the whole time. Uh, I, and, I have to say, in the uh, notes, yeah. you referred to him as Jetpack Jiro Ride. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you'll recall, I said that Big Jiro looks like the guy from Jetpack Joyride. Uh, so Jetpack Joyride uh, is here. <laughs> and he's basically like, hey, like, I know who has the key, but you have to stop looking for it. And like, there's the, nothing good is going to come of it and shows an image of uh, Natsuno holding the key, just like staring at this like bluish greenish kind of floating <laughs> cylinder or something um, with this like, you know, 
glazed look over her face. Uh, and then she's like, well, I mean, I have to, why would I not tell them? Why would I not tell them like who, uh, who has the key? And to which Izumi's like, do you even know what they want to do with it? Like, it, it it can't be like good. Can you see what they're doing to you just so we can find where the key is or so they can find where the key is? Like, obviously, they're not going to just like ask for it nicely mm-hmm. uh, and like do this whole thing. And then then she's like, mm, maybe you're right, actually. Uh, interesting. And, and, and you know, Jero's like, please don't like don't tell them, uh, you know, where the key is and I'll get you out of here. Uh, and so then we head back to space mind palace thing. And Okina shows up and is like, hey, did you find the key? And then she's like, no, but like, what are you going to do when you find the person with the key, hypothetically? And <laughs> Okino just like fully brushes this off and is like, mm-hmm. well, we're just going to use it to stop the kaiju. It's like, that's not mm-hmm. the question I asked. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that scene ends, I think, Okino logs off and is like, I'm sending you back in. And then she's just like, man, what the fuck do I do? And then we, yeah. fade, we fade to white, get the great clock. We get the great clock every single time. Um, the clock. And then we head into Nenji 87%, uh, another very little guy. It's the same thing again. It's just like, oh my God, no one's real. This is all based on my memories, blah, blah, blah. Okino's not there again, but Jiro is. And then you talk to Jiro and he's just being Karabe and he's like, oh, great timing though. Somebody gave me a note for you. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Uh, and it's from uh, Izumi. He's like, yeah, I don't know. The guy called himself Izumi. I don't know. And the note says to get on the first car of the last train to uh, show up, which is the train that you're supposed to get on anyway um, with Tomi. So then you just like kind of walk around the station for a while. It's like, oh, the, the first train. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the, weirdly like this like children's book thing. It's like the first train has Yori. The second yeah. train has Ryoko. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, wait, if Yori, Yori gets on the first train, so then and it's like, you know the train schedule. Like, we've done this yeah. enough times that like, you would know the train schedule without having to be like, okay, so Yori got on that <laughs> one, which means it's the first train. Like, right. what? Yeah. Um, anyway. So then uh, you, when you head to the first train of the final or the first car of the final train megumi is there and i don't think she says anything she's just like is there and then you're like wait what are you doing and then you follow her on the train mm-hmm. and then you wake up in the mind palace again but megumi is there <laughs> she said i was told to come here to save nenji ogata but nenji ogata's right here he's like no i'm actually you know explains the whole situation blah blah blah, blah. and he's like who told you to find me and she says oh like a magical talking cat <laughs> she's like oh okay cool she's like yeah and then you know once once you get out i'll cast a spell on you and you'll be fine and he's like "Uh uh-huh great (laughs) what do you see out there um and basically she's like okay well i see a button that says reinitialize and he's like do not hit that button Um, and then she finds a, a button that says like, it's a restrictor or whatever. It's got restrictions on it. She's like, okay, turn those off and then, uh, send me back in. But before she sends them back in, uh, the like background pans up and we just see Nenji's Sentinel just like hovering there. And he's like, oh, that mm-hmm. must be a Sentinel. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that part kind of struck me as a little weird. Cause it just doesn't yeah. really make any sense. Nope. And then, uh. And then he says, okay, reinitialize it and, and we'll we'll figure it out. Um, and at this point, also in my notes, I wrote, so the cat is definitely 426. Mm-hmm. Um, because like... Uh, it's also Ida. Do you think it's, it's also Ida? It is his voice actor. It's the same voice. If you go back and listen, you're like, holy shit, it's I the same voice. Listened. It's same inflections. Yeah, it's definitely the same inflection and definitely the same that stuff. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that that's the real Ida. And that's why he's so yeah. sinister. Yeah. I'm talking about the game and shit. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's brings us to uh, Ninja 87 <clears> percent. <throat> and then we had to do five battles of area two, which we'll talk about in a second. But we have the final 
section of Nenji's story now. <sighs> I love this man. <laughs> um, so we're on the platform for the final time, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I just want to make sure you're going to be safe, Kisaragi. <laughs> yeah. And Okino happens to be here again. Is this the one where he's... Sorry, my notes are like, they got really, really... Yeah, well, it's exciting. So uh, I think, is this where he he says to her again, like, what would you do if you only had a few minutes to live? Yeah, you do it again. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, okay, stay here. I'm going to go do something. And mm-hmm. he sees Okino's there. He follows him onto the train and it gets him out. Mm-hmm. And so he... Yeah, he, he, thinks, he thinks to himself like, oh, last time I followed Okino, that's what got me yeah. out. So then he's like, that must happen again. Yeah. So. so he, I think, comes down and finds, he, he sees that, like, Hijiyama is, like, kneeling on the ground and, like, has been yeah, he's still shot, basically. Um, but then he and Megumi leave. And then it cuts to the final battle. Um, yeah, we just, just skip get ahead a, a whole bunch. A, a big cut. Um, uh, we see Nenji, Natsuno, and Tomi uh, running out in the city. They like all hit their their limit at the same time, so they're like recovering. Yeah, we're now we're now bringing battle mechanics into the narrative. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Um, yeah. Mira sort of radios in on a little screen. He says, "Okay, I gotta eject too. I'm you know I'm at my limit. My brain." He offers to come back because Natsuno is taking a break. He's like, oh, wait, I can go back in if you're taking a break, Natsuno. And Natsuno's like, you don't need to worry about me so much. And he says, I always worry about you, which is so cute. (laughs) And then Tomi says that she'll go. And Nenji says no, because her sentinel sustained a lot of damage and needs to, like, repair. And Tomi's like, you just got out of your sentinel. You're at your limit. Like, you can't do this. And Agata goes, I don't give a shit about my limits. I love you. And that's why I'm going to break them. <laughs> Find yourself a man who will break his <laughs> limits for you. And then um, he says, you take Minami uh, and get back while you can. I got to dance with these chumps first. <laughs> and Tommy is like, you must think you're such a badass, you big idiot. But she's like clearly pleased that he's like mm-hmm. uh, being so heroic. And he goes, you watch me, Tomi Kisaragi. This time, I swear I'll protect you. And that Ooh. is the end of Agata's Ugh. story. Best boy. After this, I was so hype. I I think I tweeted. Uh, I uh posted the Nenji fan cam again that I made for Twitter yeah. because he is not only the best boy in this game, he's the best boy in any video game ever. Dudu Molinaro and Garrus Vicarian don't interact. You didn't hear it. <laughs> if you heard that, no, you didn't. Um, but holy shit, like, <sighs> so good. Yeah. Really, 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 really good ending. Really great stuff. That's how you pledge your love to someone yeah. by, by giving your own life, not by destroying <laughs> humanity. Right? yeah like um god yeah but oof damn dude yeah really great shit i think nenji's story was top to bottom great Mm -hmm. uh i had such a good time with it yeah Um, it's engaging all the way through and he's such a fun character um and imperfect (laughs) but still lovable um (laughs) yeah which will then uh bring us to the final bit of narrative stuff that we'll talk today the area two Waves one through five destructions. So these all happen May 27th between the hours of 8.22 p.m. and 10.06 p.m. There's not a whole lot in here. The Basically, the Daimos are making stronger versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Okino has, like, secretly uploaded 
additional systems into the sentinels which just make the customized screen even more obtuse yeah. people still don't know that hijiyama is like in contact with okino so he says that chihiro <laughs> did it which <laughs> i don't know maybe she did i don't know uh so that's at 8 22 p.m then we head to battle two at 8 51 p.m goto explains that the sentinels and daimos are like pretty similar which we already kind of know from the daimos code and all that stuff that we've gotten from last week's, I guess, shoe stuff. I don't fully remember. And Hijiyama's like, oh my gosh, wow, is that true? And Akino's like, yeah, I pretty much just copy and pasted the code. I didn't really know what was going on. I just kind of, you know, control C, control V, and then and then put my own stank on it. And then uh, at the end, Nenji asks A why there's so many terminals if the mainframe is so precious. And A says, the mainframe uses them to control and maintain the city. They're laid out in a network like a massive nervous system. Cool. Basically just what we found out from oh, whose story did we just talk about uh basically what we found out from from tommy's story but vaguer <laughs> uh then 9:18 p.m there's more of the facilities that make the things but now they're making stronger things and then okino is concerned because he says that the factories probably didn't show up before this loop sure uh and then says like oh i think the daimos are like he doesn't say it but he basically implies that like the daimos are learning from battling mm-hmm. us how to make better Dimos, which we find out uh, not in the 934 battle, which is just like there's just a bunch of guys, but in the 1006 mm-hmm. battle uh, where we literally are fighting Sentinels kind of fucked up. Goto thinks they are the first generation autonomous ones that that uh, they lost control of uh, in the first battle uh, or like, you know, the first battle against the Dimos. Goto says, I, th- I thought they were destroyed in that battle. And Jero said, I don't know if it's that simple. What do you know? Juro, what do you know? Uh, and then finally, Okino tells Hijiyama at the end of this battle that they definitely were not the captured Sentinels from the first battle uh, because all of their IDs were three digits. Uh, and Okino says that the ones uh, that he and Ida had made had limiters on them. Uh, and Hijiyama basically takes that and is like, wait a minute, what if there weren't limiters on it? Mm-hmm. And that's all Hijiyama gets out of that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think... Um, there is actually like a th- an ability that you can unlock that's like to yes. remove limiters or yep. whatever, which yep. is a fine yep. thing. It's really good. I don't know. I find um, the things that we learn in destruction for the most part to be to the extent that we actually learn anything. It's usually like unintelligible or <laughs> like yes. only feels relevant to yeah. that portion that like I just am not that interested in it. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of why I blasted through it. It's just so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I That's mean, it's that. interesting that they're the Sentinel or that the Dimos are making stronger Dimos, but like also that is just any singularity fiction that you read. It's just like self-replicating technology mm-hmm. will always just make the best version of itself uh, for a given situation. So neat. It's yeah. like not breaking any new ground or anything, um, I guess is what I'm saying. Old news. Get better fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's all the narrative stuff from these mm-hmm. sections we do some wow. analysis yes let's head into let's head into some mystery file unlocking mm-hmm. First, I just want to say I was scrolling through here and saw an update to the Kutashiba entry that says in Japanese 48Q is a play on the words of, Shu- of Shiba's name. Four can be read as she, eight can be read as Hachi, and Q and Q, the letter Q and uh, K-Y-U, sound similar. Ha hmm. sounds can also be turned into ba due to the usage of diacritic marks called dakuten. Uh, 
Um, oh, wow. We're learning so much here. <laughs> With this, she plus ba plus q makes 48q. QTA, CBA also plays on this name because uh, sure. q ta and c ba. Um, combining mm-hmm. them creates a reading close to his full name. Uh, thank there you, you for that. <laughs> yeah, they really they really broke it down for us at the end. There. Yeah. They're like, look, letters, you get it? <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah. Good shit. Sorry, I was just looking uh, now at Automated Factory, which, by the way, file number 69. Nice. Part of a nice. fully automated global scale manufacturing network without requiring any human input. Everything from planning to production and shipment is automated by computers. Once it was deemed more efficient to synchronize the production of various factories worldwide, the system reached peak popularity in 2080, comprising 1.2 billion factories by 2142. Kolkata and Chennai in India have the world's largest plants. So that seems to wow. be the beginning of the end. Really getting huh? in the weeds with that. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, we also got Interlocitor unlocked. The name of the nanomachine and technology used to overwrite memories, which is interesting to have it laid out. So. Yeah. Uh, thing and they kind of look like if you've ever seen what a virus yes, like looks like it in looks real like life, a virus that's what it looks like that was very um, cool yeah oh sorry here's an interesting bit from the end of the interlocitor so it was originally created the leader of of interlocitor tech was newman inc and then shikishima joined forces uh with them to make leaps and bounds with this technology since then there's been a rise of crimes in human trafficking and illegal oh, cloning mm-hmm. thought to be attempts at reincarnating through technology mm. fucked up yeah <laughs> that's fucked up very interesting i'm gonna unseal erica iba 426 took over tamal karabe ai's android body Immediately after seizing control of the Tamau android, the track team manager finds him in the track room and mistakes him for Erica Iba, who is interested in joining the track team and the reason why he started to use that name. Okay. Mm. Uh, right before Iba jumped off the Samire bridge, she is asked the question, just what the hell were you doing to me by Takamiya? To which she answers, getting you ready, ready for the game that will soon begin. Wow. Spooky. You did Fluffy and Shintaro. I only did Fluffy, did. actually. Oh, okay. Let me do, let me do Shintaro. I got the points. Uh, no, I thought I did Shintaro last time. I think maybe my game didn't save. Oh no. Cause I definitely did Shintaro. Why? Why? Oh, is that why you have 20 points? Yeah, I guess you have 10 so. from last week and 10 from this week. Well, now we can Intr- be more strategic about it. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't know what. Okay. Well, that means I cannot unlock the, uh, the androids. Yeah. <laughs> save that. It's just the same, uh, the same shit as Jiro's thing. But now I'm now. Who do you think Shintaro is? <laughs> just a cat. You, is just a cat. I think Shintaro is just a cat. <sighs> I don't know. The fact that the fact that Okino is involved with it. <laughs> True. Oh man, is he like feeding it nano machine memories or something? <laughs> I don't you know? know. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I would also like to unlock Tetsuya Ida. Yeah, Tetsuya Ida. Oh, well, the very first thing, a substitute teacher assigned to Ryoko Shinonome class at Sakura High. I forgot that that was the uh, their initial connection. Right. Um, he's actually a member of the unofficial organization who forces Shinonome into battle. Back when he was a student, he supported Tomi Kisaragi in her singing live streams under the screen name F8. Interesting. He used to wear glasses and came off as studious, serious young man, but he tried to act cooler in high school to catch Kisaragi's attention. This man just doesn't look like no. It's either. yeah. It's the same guy. He was in love with the deceased Kisaragi, so in order to revive her, he developed androids at Chikisima Industry in twenty one hundred. 
transplanted the past Kisaragi and Tamal Karabe's AI into androids. Believed he died in 2064. However, he was actually still alive. Took Shinonome into custody when she was being interrogated in 84. Um, still says he seeks to transplant the personality of the revived Kisaragi into the physical body of the current Kisaragi, uh, but she directs, uh, rejects the idea. Hmm. For that reason, he aims to reset the world and begin anew. So this is all one man. It's all one There are not bad, two Tetsuya Idas, as far as we're aware. But we know from A's story, I think, that, that Shu is also undergoing... Mm-hmm. memory stuff like we know that that's happening right but that's a different guy getting... <laughs> that's shu amiguchi in the far lands of the analysis uh section right you know like they have yeah. the analysis shows us different versions like you said mm-hmm. we have tamal karabe 2188 tamal karabe 21 or right. uh, 1945 tamal karabe 1985 those are all different this people is all one this guy, is all yeah. one guy jeez mm-hmm. all right yeah just let me know which ones you want me to unlock as we scroll down, and I'll sure. Do it. <laughs> I mean, I well, I have I have points too. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do man who looks like Jiro Karabe. Okay. So here's the thing: it does, I think, actually look different from Jetpack Jiro, but he's wearing because he's wearing just like a like a trench coat. It just says the man who That's appears and fights alongside the woman who looks like Iori Fuyasaka in Jiro <laughs> Karabe's dream. That's it. Mm-hmm. But Fuck, I, dude. but that is very interesting that it's like, this is not Jiro Izumi. It's a different guy. Yeah. Do you have 426 unlocked? We, you do, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Anything new there this week? No, nothing new from last week. Very cute. I'm going to unlock policeman. Okay. Because that seems cute. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> An earnest policeman of the, Kazu- <laughs> the Kamazumi police station. Great. Wonderful. Why? Why? <laughs> You already unlocked control key, right? Uh, I did. Hmm. Initially, Nenji Ogata had the control key, but it went to Natsuno Minami after. That's all that's new. <laughs> right. I'm going to unlock Sakura High School. Sure. A high school located in the center of Ashitaba City. Each grade consists of five classes ranging from A to E. There's a total of 512 students at this school. It is a comprehensive junior high and senior high school. And their policy requires all students to wear uniforms. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cool. Uh, very cool. Uh, oh, remember last week we only unlocked, I don't even remember which one, one of 2064 Kaiju Invasion and one of 20. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we yeah, should. It's... Which one did we unlock? And we should unlock the other one. Uh, I don't remember which we unlocked, honestly. Okay. You'll unlock one, I'll unlock the other. I did both. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> I did one last week, so I, you know, I, whatever. Um, a defensive battle that took place toward the center. That's this is the one in twenty sixty four. All this stuff happened. Blah 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 blah. Yes. Well, so, what is no? It? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this is the one we unlocked last week because it ends with Tetsuya stayed behind and fought using a remote controlled Sentinel. Uh, and then you said that you think he did that on purpose to make people think that he died. Right. Uh, and then. Everything else is is pretty standard. There's nothing. There's no. Like, yeah, talk I just about. I can't keep straight which one is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. That was yeah. So that was the one with uh, with um, Morimura and Goto and Ida on the roof. Mm-hmm. And uh, twenty shit started going wrong. Yes, that was when uh, uh, Sentinel fifteen transmitted the signal to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty twenty five is when uh, Jiro Izumi tries to protect the city himself, but ends up losing. 
Um, once he's defeated, Megumi Yakushiji manages to find him in the ruins, but Karabe had already suffered immense brain damage from piloting the Sentinel for two hours straight. He loses consciousness, consciousness uh, in Yakushiji's arms because of the battle. Karabe ends up completely losing his memories. And then additionally, Renya Goto and Morimura snatched Tomi Kisaragi away while she was searching for her mother in a commercial building of Kamazumi Ward. Snatched is uh, a, f- a snatched strong away, term. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, very interesting, very interesting. Um, I am unsealing photo of Takamiya and Minami. Oh, it's them as little kids. Oh, shit. Photo of Yuki Takamiya and Natsuno Minami when they were in middle school or elementary school. This picture was taken near the home of Takamiya's grandmother on her father's side. Around this time, Takamiya liked her hair short and Minami was known as the illustrious Dr. Space. Oh, my God. Honestly, nothing else that seems super interesting. Why don't we do uh, if we decide to lock any more unlock any more, we can do it. Just sort of like let each other know. Um, yeah, I'm going to do cheek scar right now, actually. Just okay. to see what a picture, huh? It's just a weird picture of skin. Um, Natsuno Minami got this when Tamao Karabe's android shot her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it looks as if she's been stabbed by a needle. Minami doesn't remember anything about what happened before or after it. The red marking almost looks like the number 17. What? It looks like they're numbers? It does kind of look like the number 17. Hold <laughs> on, let me goofy. see if I can, if I can get this... Uh, Interesting. Interesting. Uh, right as she was about to shoot Minami, Tamal's android said, those monsters, the ones that destroyed the city, they have a new commander and it's you. So mm-hmm. starting now, I'll be the one giving you orders. Uh, okay. So we know now that Tamal, or that Tamal, I guess, uh, is 426. So mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. That <laughs> looks like a 17. Yeah. Uh, weird. Um, uh okay cool so that's the mystery files did we have any additional theory stuff that we wanted to spitball oh just one thing um in one of yuki's chapters uh where the one where um she like brings out bj and the the man of black comes in it's like oh you found it in one of her previous chapters, um, she ran into an SIU agent who and she was like, what are you doing here on, you know, it was a, at school. And he was like, oh, we're like looking for um, like some confidential data that was brought here. And now we know they were talking about BJ slash Mira. And that got me thinking like Morimura isn't SIU. So was Miura wrong about it being Morimura who like encrypted the file? Cause like they do not want a, to get this information, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Cause like Miura in, when he was in the Sentinel body, was like, oh, we can't let Morimura know that I found this or else, you know, she's going to like take it away and delete it whatever. Right. But now it seems like it's the SIU folks who are trying to keep it away from, from a, hmm. or maybe, maybe they want to use it. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Did you say Morimura isn't part of SIU? Right. Why do you say that? Isn't she? No, I don't think so. Because SIU is like Ida. Right. They're investigating what's going on at the school. They're like, oh, Shikishima's here making nukes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess I had just assumed that all that stuff was kind of a front and that they're all working under Morimura anyway. Oh, I wasn't. But, I, I hadn't assumed that because then why why yeah, do they guess, need you like why do they need students investigating other students 
Well, I mean, just to get them all together, I guess, to 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 pass to pass the virus or whatever, get them in close proximity to each other. I don't know. Um, but I mean, that would make sense, I think, if SIU wasn't eat a thing because he is like supposedly dead, you know? Right. And like Morimura, when hmm. when when Shinonome asks about him, doesn't Morimura tell her like he is dead? Yeah. And in, in, in earlier on in her chapters. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I think Morimura says that and then Shinonome is like, no. And then right. we remember back to the police station. Yeah, yeah like she did. Morimura doesn't know that she that he's wow. alive. Yeah, interesting. I guess I just never made the Ryoko, which wouldn't make sense. I guess I just never made the connection that like they aren't working together anymore. So, oh, that, yeah, no. So Morimura is not a part of SIU. Like it's a separate thing. Whatever Morimura is doing mm -hmm. is different than what SIU wants to do. Right. And she wants to, to execute Operation Aegis and he doesn't. Right. Do we think Goto knows that Ida's alive? Because he's My also guess part of it. is no, because I we've always seen him aligned with Morimura. Right. right. I guess we'll find out in the Ren Yugoto section. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will find out. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I don't really have much to contribute to that, but you are you are certainly giving me something to chew on now. Mm. Yeah. Of what of what they want from. It's weird. Huh. <laughs> Ranking. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> rankings yeah I, I i really i could just sit here and go uh for the yeah. next three hours yeah so why don't yeah we just, we've reached uh, that point <laughs> yeah part of the day yeah again i the thing i want to know is the difference between the soft bodies and the androids like i want to know what yeah. that uh but i i think that's that shit is i don't know that we're gonna get that before we like i think that's like end game like i don't think we're gonna know that anytime soon yeah for sure so yeah, with respect to rankings, I think mine are actually going to stay the same again this week. Yeah, I think mine as well. I want... To, mm, actually, I think I'm just going to move Ryoko from a B down to a D. Oh. Um, well, C, you know, we've said C is kind of the I don't mm -hmm. have feelings about you. Um, right. And she's definitely below that threshold. Mm -hmm. And Shu, I would put in hell. <laughs> but, but, but that's Ida. That's Ida and not Shu, who's trying right. to make his high school girlfriend by killing a real human. Yeah, um, but I will say Shu is not uh, not fantastic. Shu's not great. Shu's, yeah, Shu is still in D. Shu is still yeah, in D, okay. but he's not in hell. <laughs> um, unlike unlike one Ren you go to. Um, imagine if at the end of this we play through all of Goto's things and he rockets to S. <laughs> I yeah, it could it could go that way. Um. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, everybody stays where they are, except except that move from yeah. B to D for Ryoko. Yeah, it is funny that we have <laughs> formed such strong opinions about Goto having not played any of his chapters. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I'll tell they, you what, I know he smells good. So. He, de he definitely smells good. Yeah, that's true. That's a fact. Uh, so that on, on that note, we yes. bookend our, our, our conversation today with, uh, the scent of Renegoto. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, leave us a review on your podcast aggregate of choice, but honestly, word of mouth is more helpful than any Apple podcast review would ever be, but please rate us high. If you rate us on Apple podcasts, um, <laughs> Uh, if you like our art, please check out Scout Wilkinson's stuff. She's amazing at what she does, and her links are all in the show notes. Uh, if you like our music, Amaranthin writes it, and all his links are also in the show notes. Um, I also added a link to his Twitter, 
now uh, so you can follow him on Twitter and maybe commission him if you'd like. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AsyncPod. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at AJ Folari. I'm at Okimis. Tell me what you think the children smell like. <laughs> yes, please let us know the your, your scent profiles for each of the Sentinels. Um, Sentinels. Damn it. Oh! Damn it. We recorded for three hours, and it took all we this time to come up with fucking to have a sentence. <laughs> oh my god! God! Oh Jesus! I'm really disappointed in us. Yeah. Um. Last week we released an episode talking about Fire Emblem Three Hopes with our our very good friend Chase uh, from Video Game Potimism. If you have any interest in Three Hopes, or if you liked our Three Houses season and you want to know how we feel about this new one, check that out. Uh, spoiler warning ahead of time. It's like full spoilers for everything. Yeah, we're spoiling uh, everything that ever existed about Three Houses, basically. Yes. So. Um, it's impossible not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I guess was like a minor spoiler for that game. Uh, and then uh, if you liked the Source Code episode that came out this week, hey, cool, let us know. Um, I'm a big fan of the movie. Uh, we haven't recorded it yet, we're, we're <laughs> but, uh, but you have already heard it. So I hope you liked it, and I hope it's good. All that being said, Kim, do you have any final words for us um, today? Yeah, you know, I'm... Uh, really excited for us to to finish up the season. It's coming. Um, but if we're ever going to do that, we need to make it through today. Bye, everybody. Bye. Garbage. The online.